Good morning. I'm James Hellman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, February 13th. In today's news, the White House still can't get its story straight about Rob Porter. The Senate's immigration debate has begun, but the stalemate continues. And the number three at the Justice Department resigned so that she wouldn't have to oversee the Russia investigation. But first, the big idea. President Trump campaigned like a populist, but the budget he proposed on Monday underscores the degree to which he's governing like a plutocrat. Many of his proposals are dead on arrival in Congress, but the blueprint nonetheless speaks volumes about this president's values. As a candidate, Trump repeatedly promised he would never cut Medicare, Medicaid, or Social Security. Now he proposes cutting Medicare by $554 billion and Medicaid by $250 billion over the next decade. He wants to cut other holes in the safety net. For example, he'd cut $214 billion from the federal food stamp program over the next decade, a reduction of a third. He'd reduce Section 8 federal housing subsidies by more than a billion dollars next year, zero out community development block grants, and eliminate a $2 billion fund that covers public housing capital repairs. The budget cuts 29 programs at the Education Department, many of which are designed to help the neediest children, including after-school activities that keep kids off the street while their single parents work, and a grant program for college students with exceptional financial need. Trump believes that government is the problem, not the solution. So, leaning hard on privatization, he calls for outsourcing as many public functions as possible to private, for-profit companies. The budget he unveiled Monday calls for selling off scores of federal assets to raise money, including Reagan Airport here in D.C. and Dulles Airport in Virginia. He even wants to sell George Washington Memorial Parkway and the Baltimore Washington Parkway. What exactly that would mean for people is unclear. Trump proposed to neuter the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau by starving it of resources, limiting its enforcement power, and changing the way it gets its funding so that it's more vulnerable to pressure from Wall Street. He calls for cutting the Environmental Protection Agency budget by 24%. To be sure, it's not that Trump is calling for reductions in the size of government. He wants to grow government. He seeks to spend $4.4 trillion next year. That's up 10% from last year. Most of that money goes to the military. Some of it goes to building his border wall in Texas, hiring more Border Patrol agents, and even expanding the size of detention facilities to hold more undocumented immigrants. Trump is giving up on a balanced budget. The self-described king of debt has said he doesn't think deficits matter. In December, he signed a tax cut bill that will increase the national debt by at least $1.5 trillion over the next decade. And the White House projects in its new budget that the national debt, already over $20 trillion, will grow more than $2 trillion in the next two years and at least $7 trillion over the next decade. And that's based on rosy assumptions that the economy is going to grow consistently at more than 3% a year, which no serious economist thinks will actually happen. Breaking with decades of GOP orthodoxy, the new 10-year plan Trump's rolling out doesn't even try to balance the budget. Again, it is a show of his values and his priorities. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar today. Number one, the Senate kicked off its open-ended immigration debate on Monday night, but the only thing they can agree on at this point is that they should start a conversation. Both parties are struggling inside their own caucuses to reach a solution. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell endorsed a GOP plan that was modeled on Trump's proposal, which would revamp immigration policy, 
reduce migration of families and cut back legal immigration in exchange for a pathway to citizenship for the dreamers. No Democrat is going to back that plan. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, for his part, is calling for a very modest solution focused just on protecting those undocumented immigrants who were brought to the country as minors. This immigration debate is a big moment for McConnell and Schumer's relationship. The two made a rare joint appearance at the University of Louisville on Monday morning, where they emphasized unity and the importance of maintaining a cordial working relationship. That's going to be tested this week and in the next few months. Number two. The fallout from the Rob Porter scandal continues. On Monday, White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders dodged repeated questions about why Porter, a top aide, was allowed to work at the highest levels of the White House even after the FBI denied him a permanent security clearance due to his record of alleged abuse against both of his ex-wives. Huckabee also tried to explain away Trump's sympathetic response when Porter resigned last week and his repeated failure to condemn domestic violence. She said, quote, I think the president of the United States hopes that all Americans can be successful in whatever they do. Meanwhile, Democrats on Capitol Hill are pushing to get more information about the possible 30 to 40 White House staffers who have been unable to get security clearances a year into the president's term. National security experts say this is highly unusual. Porter's first wife, Coley Holderness, has written a powerful op-ed for today's newspaper about her experience. She writes, quote, I walked away from that relationship, a shell of the person I was when I went into it. Number three, the Justice Department's number three official, Rachel Brand, resigned last week partially out of fear that she could be asked to oversee the Russia investigation if Trump fires Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. NBC says Brand told friends that she felt overwhelmed and unsupported in her job, especially as many positions under her jurisdiction still haven't been filled by Senate-confirmed officials. If Rosenstein were fired, Brand would have been next in line to oversee the investigation, which would thrust her into a political spotlight that she's told associates she doesn't want to enter. She's leaving one of the top jobs in government to go work at Walmart as a lawyer. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, February 13th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.